Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. It is July 14th, a wonderful Tuesday. Big day today. Y'all are not going to believe this. It is National Mac and Cheese Day. Oh. Best day of the year. Is it always July 14th? I think so, which makes that the most important event on July 14th. Secondary event on January, or excuse me, on July 14th. Bastille Day in France. Ah, that's what it is. Bastille Day. Third, third event uh, that has some kind of notoriety on July 14th. My co-host, Tyler Gibson, is a year older today. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you so much. It means a lot to have lived another year on this beautiful planet. I really love it. What, what, uh, what, what, did, you, what did you want for your birthday? What did you get for your birthday? Uh, well, what I anticipate getting, which I haven't gotten yet, is uh, maybe an Apple Watch or some type of uh, you know, just activity tracker, too. Yeah, you've been getting in on that running and stuff, boy. Yeah, well, you know, I fell off the past week or two, but I've had some projects I've been working on at home. And so, uh, You're quite the, quite the woodsman, the craftsman. The woodsman. Um, yeah, well, you know, I try to get, try to get after whatever the, uh, the wife asked me to do. So, you know, and I enjoy it. It gives me a little time away from the wife and kids. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, it is National Mac and Cheese Day. I'm dead serious. That's, that's an honest, uh, honest thing. It's an amazing day. I've got, I've got mac and cheese in the kitchen right now. Uh, made two different batches. Tyler, I just want to know, what is your favorite mac and cheese? you a mac and cheese fan? Yeah, yeah. I love mac and cheese. Yeah, my mac favorite, good. Probably my favorite food. What, what, what is your favorite kind of mac and cheese? Hmm. Well, the mac and cheese that I probably have most frequently in my life is the Velveeta shells and cheese little to-go thing that I can just make as a snack. But I'm not a major mac and cheese connoisseur. I've seen you had a couple of little yeah, crazy so packs let of me, truffle let me, let mac me tell and you cheese what I got. Yeah. that. So I got some, uh, some mushroom truffle mac and cheese. Uh, I've got some, some, some mushrooms in there. And then I got me a poblano and green, hatch green chili mac and cheese. I'm adding brisket to both those. Brisket. From Big D Barbecue in Mansfield. Mm, that's uh, good stuff, man. Best best place if you if you're around Midlothian, they're going to be opening up in a, in about two months. I won't throw anybody else under the bus, but it's definitely the best uh, barbecue around the area. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, great people there too. Uh, big fantasy football guys actually. So stop in, uh, get you some barbecue from there. Uh, I I will say though, my favorite mac and cheese is lobster mac and cheese. Oh, I can get in on that. I can yeah. get on that. I like mac and cheese. It's so versatile. It's so it's you, a great base, yes. and you can pretty much add any vegetable or meat that you want and make it your own. It's awesome. I agree. I'm just not as much of a connoisseur. I just I love it. I love mac and cheese. Well, guys, this is one of our favorite episodes that we get to do. We try to do uh, three or four in the off season together uh, on uh, live on air. Me and Tyler do these regularly together. I suggest you do as well. But this is a mock draft episode. Uh, before we jump into the mock draft, I had one question for you, Tyler. Uh, just, just kind of a brief question. I, I heard this question presented to one of my favorite analysts the other day. And quite frankly, I did not like his answer all that much. I didn't hate it, but I wanted to get your take on this. And it was a question about keeper league strategy. And so I wanted to hear kind of your take on, on keeper league strategy. Well, um, I don't know if who you're talking about might be who I think you're it talking is. about. We're talking about the same yeah. guy. Yeah. J.J. Zacharyson, he, uh, he puts out great um, little short tidbit um, podcasts a couple, couple, two, three times a week. Um, very uh, stats-based and uh, just trend-based guy. And I have to say, I think that I agree a lot with what he's putting on the table because, for instance, um, 
in our league, in our keeper league, you know, uh, there's been circumstances where I have had a maybe higher profile player to keep, but just looking at the landscape of the league, and you know, I mean, I probably have a little leg up in our own keeper league, not just because I'm the commissioner, but probably because I put in the most thought and work to who other people are going to keep. So not just that I just do the most work for my own team, but just that I do the most thinking about other people's teams and try to project who they might be keeping. And that does shape who I might be trading, who I might be targeting to trade with, and who I might keep. And um, I, I'm a big proponent of not trying to use my you know, top four, top six rounds to keep a player because there's too much value to be had there, even if that player is a second or third round player. And so there's, you know, it, it depends. Like this year, I've had Kamara since his rookie year. Um, I've been able to keep him at a 10th round pick. And then I, we have different rules in ours. And so then one of the keepers that I used on him uh, made him go up to like a sixth round pick for me the next year. And then He's free this year. This is the first year that he's going to be free and open in the draft since he came on as a rookie. And, you know, it really just depends. In our league, running backs are a premium, and so you got to keep that in mind. So um, for me, unfortunately, this year I'm going to be keeping Lamar and Allen Robinson most likely for about a tenth and a sixth-round pick, maybe fifth for Robinson, still yet to be decided. But well, you just get, you just got to take into account your league's rules and who you think is going to be kept. And I wish that I had a stud running back to keep, but I don't. So I got to do, yeah, do I think it the, what I can. I think the thing that I, I guess I disagreed with with him because I do agree with his analysis. Um, basically, he decided that he was saying that we, you take the, the guy that is going to cost you or, or gain you the most based on you know where he's at. So if you had a third rounder and you get him for the seventh, you'd rather keep him over the guy who's uh, a second-round talent, but you got him in the third round. Um, I, I agree with that, but I don't think it's that simple. I think there's a lot more to it. I think knowing your league is a big part of it, knowing what's going to go off the board fast, knowing what guys are going to go off the board fast. Also, I think there's something to be said. If I can get a guy who has a high upside, a really, really – for example, I kept Chris Godwin last year. For nothing. For nothing. I kept him for a 14th round pick. Yes, that paid off. Yes, they could have bit me uh, in the behind, and, and I would have you know wasted a keeper. Instead of taking a more sure shot right. guy. But to me, it was worth it to take the upside of this dude, with you know, which was higher than anything else I was going to get in anything after round eight. I mean, at that hey, time. I was a big know? proponent of you keeping Chris Godwin you, before you, you even you, came You're right. You, you got <laughs> me on board. You're the reason I kept – Chris Godwin. So I, I just think that sometimes it's more than just the analytical side of it. There's more to it, and that's where you need to know your team, know what you know. If you know, like, hey, I've got the first pick in the draft, and so you know, I know I'm going to get Christian McCaffrey with the first pick. I know that at the two three turn, I can get another strong running back. I'd rather keep a wide receiver and a quarterback. You know, if that's what's stronger on my team. You know, just the knowing the the build of your team, where you're drafting. It all comes into account when it comes to keepers. Well, so, for instance, my wife last year had uh, – my wife um, had um, my wife. Tyreek Hill on her team. I don't remember if she drafted him or she had him as a result of a trade, but he was drafted as an early third-round pick, like at the turn. Like he just barely was a third-round pick um, the year before. 
And that was because he had the suspension coming in or something or another. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But she was able to get him at a little bit of a discount. And so then that meant he was on her roster and she could keep him for a third-round pick as one of her keepers. Well, it just so happened that she had a later third-round pick because she competed. She made it to the playoffs. So Tyreek Hill, who last year may not have been a consensus first-round guy but was definitely a high-end second-round pick, it was beneficial for her to have kept him at the end of the third round. And so you just you gotta you gotta just know your league's rules. Go ahead and just get it laid out to you. If you gotta ask the commissioner just for clarification, just be like, hey, what's this guy gonna cost me as a keeper this year? And like I said, I mean, one of the things that I think gives me a big leg up on who I'm deciding to keep is just really being familiar with everybody else's team and who they might be keeping. Because it, you know, in all in all actuality, it's not going to be something that you know for sure. And things change all the time up until you have to turn in your keepers. And everybody's, uh, you know, deadline is different for that. But all you can do is just look at their team and think what you would do, um, be as objective as possible, and try to base your decisions off of that, you know, because you know, like, all right, if everybody is going to keep their stud running back, then I probably need to keep a running back unless I've got a really high pick and I can just get the pick of the litter right yeah, away. Right. And, uh, I mean, you, there's there's way too many factors to go into it to give you sound advice just that's rigid. Right. All right, well, that does it for our, I guess, our one mailbag question of the day. We're going to jump into our, our live mock draft. Tyler and I did random selection right before this. Actually, before we start, I need to apologize. Last On last week's podcast, I continuously said opportunity cost, and I did not mean that. <laughs> I just meant total opportunities and where they ranked among the amount of points they should have had based on their opportunities. And I just, I don't know what was wrong with me last week. I think I was sick. Tyler thought it was funny to just let me keep saying it over and over again without correcting me. Uh, But I want to apologize for that. All I was saying last week when I was saying opportunity cost was what I meant to say was their rank based on the amount of points they they could have had based on their opportunities. Um... Anyway, jumping into the draft, uh, it's a 12-team, half PPR, no kicker draft, one flex, just kind of your basic standard draft. Redraft. Redraft league, not dynasty, not keeper. Tyler is going to draft second overall, and I'm going to draft 10th overall. I think that if we had our choice, we would be in the complete opposite situation. I yeah. would rather be in second. I think he would rather be yeah, around the 10. Yeah, I, I like taking advantage of the uh, you know first and second round turn. Um, I think there's a lot of value to be had there. But there's also a lot of value in getting a more sure shot guy, most likely a running back, um, this early in the first round. So we'll, yeah. we'll kick it off. And Christian McCaffrey, obviously – Went off the board first, so... So, Tyler, get us going. Where are you going with this? you got two options, really, I think, in everybody's heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's between Saquon and Zeke. I mean, a half PPR, you're not really going to get... Um, you're not really going to get any of the receivers in the mix here. Um, I am a Cowboys fan. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick this like I would uh, for a draft for myself and not just put on a show for, <laughs> for the mock. So, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go Zeke. They're close enough for me. Um, I like his durability. Um, I love the offense, obviously. Uh, I think that everything is going to be put together for him this year. And, and you know, even in down years for him, uh, when, he's, he, when he's had suspensions, when he's had, you know, when he hadn't had receptions, 
when he's had a lot of things going his way, I mean, no matter what, I mean, this is a guy that is putting up RB1 numbers pretty much in his sleep. So I, I think that this is just as good a year as any to go ahead and draft Zeke early. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I would have gone Zeke there. Behind him goes Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Not sure that I, I agree 100% with Sleeper there. But, wow. but, again, there is a string of running backs that are going to go off the board. Josh Jacobs went a bit earlier than I thought he might. Um, Half PPR, I mean, you're looking for the, the consistency of a workload. Yep, and Nick Chubb goes eighth. Michael Thomas goes just before my pick at 10th. And this is what I was afraid of. No Michael Thomas, which is kind of who I was hoping to get there. I know who you're going here. And you have a chance to turn around and get your other guy. Looks like they project him to go just before your pick. Yeah, I think I think with a half PPR, I, I typically am going to go running back first. That's always been my strategy. I think there's one running back left here, in my opinion, that has the – uh, first round. Well, I think there's two. I think I agree. <laughs> there, there's. Uh, but I agree that that there's there's two running backs or yeah, at least one. This guy for sure. Joe Mixon's who I'm going to take. Yeah. I think Joe Mixon has the ability and the upside to easily be a top twelve back. Then that leaves <laughs> me, uh, just like Tyler said, with the next guy who I. I think has incredible upside this year, who I think is a, a guarantee, in my opinion, to see 300 touches. Um, probably looking at about 50 receptions, 250 carries, maybe maybe closer to 200 carries and you know 80 receptions, but 300 touches is well within this dude's uh, range of possibilities. 80 receptions would be incredible. But I, I think I, it's possible. I honestly believe he, it's possible. He is one of the more – I think he's he's got a safe enough floor – and he's got one of the higher ceilings out of – I mean, especially if you're looking running back here. I mean, Aaron Jones, I think we all agree. Obviously, he's not going to get the touchdowns that he did last year. Nope. Um, they drafted, you know – A.J. Uh, Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like Jones in the I first mean, round. Uh, I think Jones is more of a late-round second – late second-round guy, early third-round guy. You got Hopkins here who's changing teams. Who went off just before you was Tyreek Hill, Devonta Adams, Mahomes, which is – Man, uh, you know, I, it's gonna I, happen, I'm not though. surprised. I, it's still early, but it's going to happen. I'm not surprised, but in a standard redraft league with just one quarterback, that's not necessary. And then you got Julio Jones that I'm really high on. He's a guy that I would love to take. And we're, we're going to talk about round. him on our next podcast because I, I would argue that he should go ahead of Tyreek Hill and Devonta Adams there. I, I mean, he's got a more obvious, obviously consistent um, track record, but you know, so I'm no. going to go with Miles Sanders. So Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, my running backs. DeAndre Hopkins off the board next. Then Eckler, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, George Kittle, Lamar Jackson, Chris Godwin. He goes off the board just before you. I don't know if that hurts you the way it would hurt me. That would actually that would that would have made me cry right there if if I were at the second pick. I love Chris Godwin. Uh. I firmly believe he's going to be the number one uh, wide receiver, if not uh, you know at worst number two. Um. Man, there's not a lot here that I like. So I'm looking at um, I'm looking at Travis Kelsey is the uh, highest ranked player based on sleeper. Then we got Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, James Conner, Adam Thielen. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind what I'm doing here, and I don't usually take tight ends early, but it's there's there's nothing else that I like. Yeah, here. And I'm you, about you, to get turned around, and I'm gonna get another picks in a second, and Kelsey won't be there. Some of these other guys will still be there. I, I'm going. I'm going Kelsey all day right here. Yeah, I don't blame you. There's just a, a tier 
Kelsey's a tier above them, in yeah. my opinion, and you just kind of, even though neither one of us like taking them that early, that's just kind of what you have to do. Le'Veon Bell goes next. Ooh. That's early for Le'Veon, but I, I think early. he can. I still think he can return on that. And then Mike Evans goes uh, uh, right after Le'Veon Bell. Tyler, you're up again. What are you looking at here? Man, so I've got a running back. I've got a tight end. Um, I don't necessarily have to go receiver here, but um, it would be beneficial. The running backs here, I think there's a clear tier difference, and I think I can wait and get a guy that's similar to a lot of these guys that are on the board. we got James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, all four of those guys either had a rookie running back drafted after him or are in a committee or their team just doesn't want him, like Leonard Fournette. And, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, to If I didn't take Zeke with my first pick, I would probably lean Amari Cooper here, honestly. But I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Kenny Galladay and the Lions offense. Matt Stafford was on, on track for 5,000 yards last year. Um, they drafted DeAndre Swift. I mean, I, I, I think that he's going to put up a solid season. It's a safe pick for me. Wow. So off the board goes after after he chooses Galladay, goes Melvin Gordon, Adam Thielen, James Conner, Cooper Cup, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, and here's the one that hurts, David Ooh, Montgomery. You're high on That was shit. my pick right there. Uh, or actually, I was going to wait till the fourth round to take yeah, him. Yeah, I definitely didn't see him going to the third. But I'm looking here. Boy. Amari Cooper staring me in the face. Ooh. But all, so but is really so, so is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So that, that's who I'm choosing between right now. Neither one of them will be there when On the turn, yeah. Um, I think that the safer pick here would probably be Amari Cooper. But I, I just feel like, and we talked about this last week, that I still feel like Amari Cooper at this, this slot is much higher than he should be drafted. I look at some of the guys I can get on my turn at receiver. I see a guy I love, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Allen Robinson, man. Um, Allen Robinson's still there. Calvin Ridley. All guys who I wouldn't be afraid to have as my wide receiver one. I already know that in, in rounds five and six, there's going to be some some receivers that I love. So I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. This is where I think he should be going. Yes, late because third. Because late third, his upside is top 12 running back. Yes. But that uh, there's also a chance, especially with everything going on with COVID, that he's not even close to that in the first you know four four to six weeks. Or that you know, I mean, they still got Damian Williams there. They brought in uh, DeAndre Washington. He's played with Pat Mahomes. You know, there could be a little bit of a work-in period before he really takes over enough to uh, produce like you would want your third-round pick to produce. Right, I, and I I think that it's it's just the upside there is is too too much for me to pass on. Came back around. I got my guy. Uh, this is this is an easy pick for me. Uh, AJ Brown, I think, is the upside of, of easily a, a top uh, top twelve guy. Uh, right after Clyde Edwards Hilaire went Devin Singletary. Again, I don't understand why he's going so high. Uh, followed by Amari Cooper, then David Johnson, Mark Ingram. Two. Well, Mark Ingram's a safe well, pick. And, and but. this this is a redraft league, so we're looking at values for just this year. Uh, I think. You know, David Johnson and Mark Ingram are fine picks in the fourth round, especially for these teams that, you know, went wide receiver heavy earlier on. So A.J. Brown goes, followed by Calvin Ridley, D.K. Metcalf, Mark Andrews, T.Y. Hilton, Kyler Murray, Juju, and then there goes Todd Gurley right before your pick. I thought he was going to fall to you, and I think that's that's a steal. Uh, Late late fourth round, Todd Gurley's a steal. You know I love the Falcons' offense for this year, so I would have considered it there. 
But here, once again, I think I'm looking at where there is really not a very good running back class right here. This is a time to take a receiver, and I'm going to – oh, no. I, Robinson I, I, and Woods. Yeah. Oh. Man. Um, hmm. Wow. That's tough. I can tell you I'm definitely not taking Ertz, not taking Keenan Allen – uh, but Robinson, Woods, Chark, DJ Moore, a lot of good I, I receivers. Think you, I think you'll get I one think of I'm these. Gonna, I'm going to double you're up. You're double up on wide receiver. I think. I mean, I would assume that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're looking down. I mean, unless you want Jonathan no, Taylor. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double up on receiver here. Um, I just got to figure out. I don't think there's a way that Robinson and Woods get back to me uh, and one of them gets back to me. I think Woods could make it back. I, don't I, think, I, don't I think, think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Robinson. I, I've been riding with him. For a few years. And there he is. Oh, he made it back. Yes. He made it back. So Sign Zach Ertz up. goes after Robinson, then Keenan Allen, and Tyler got his wow. guy, Robert Woods. Sign me up. I mean, this receiving core for Tyler. Tyler, looking at your receiving core now, does it make you wish you maybe took a shot on a running back over Kenny Galladay? Uh, no, because of what was there. I'm not really interested in Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette. It was too early for David Montgomery. I, you know... I would like to have Clyde edwards layer, but just where I was, it, I think I did the right thing, and uh, I'll address running back from here on out. So after Robert Woods for Tyler goes Russell Wilson, DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, Stephen Diggs, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Odell Beckham. I'm I'm looking, you know, running back. Oh, I've got Jonathan Taylor and Raheem Mostert. I, I don't want anything to do with either one of those. Tied in Darren Waller. We talked last week. I don't think I don't believe in taking Darren Waller that high. Um. I, I there's a couple guys a little lower who I like, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, Marquise Brown. I really like Marquise Brown, and I hate doing wow. this. Is kind of like your decision with Travis Kelsey. I I don't like doing this, especially when I passed on Amari Cooper. But I feel like my best choice here. Well, and what you got to do is you got to hope when you're faced with a decision like this, you got to hope that you start a trend. Right, and so you're hoping that by taking the top guy at this position that maybe it pushes some of these other guys down to you. And obviously you got to pick here in a few picks, so it's not that big a deal. But if you took Darren Waller here, I mean. I'm actually looking at Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean. It, I, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to have to go with Dak. I, I, I still see some receivers I can get later. The top receivers on the board right now are A.J. Green and Marquise Brown. I think I can get Marquise Brown at the turn or A.J. Green at the turn. I, I don't know that either one of them are going to go. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Dak Prescott. Not like me to do that. AJ Green, Green goes off the board, I'm, followed Marquise by Jonathan, Bra- Jonathan Taylor, wow. Darren Waller, Raheem Mostert, and Marquise Brown is there. You know, I I, I feel like up. I have a pretty. You've got two running backs already. You've got to receive that. That really rounds you out. Yeah, I wish I, this to me says I need to find me a receiver later on in the draft who is a little bit more secure. You know, A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown, both uh, the Brown brothers, both. Uh, Ooh, man, Drew Brees at 6'6". Six, six. And this is what we're talking about, though. I take Dak, and it sets off a trend. It, did, it sets did. off a, Deshaun and Drew a trend. Went. So Kareem Hunt goes after me, followed by Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Debo Samuel, Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, early for Marlon, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry, and Tyler's up here. Uh, you got Darius Geist on the board. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, man. Uh, oh, wow, this is not a good place. Um, I'm currently sitting here with one running back, 
I've got my tight end. I've got three receivers. Um, I'm not really a guy that's going to be punked into taking um, one position. Now, I do love – it feels great whenever you can fill out your starting roster with every single one of your consecutive picks. But it's really doing yourself a disservice to just force a pick just for need. Um, So I'm definitely going to be looking at players that I like better here. Um, So we're looking at Darius Geis for some reason is the next best player. Then we got Brandon Cooks, which also is not in consideration. But Cortland Sutton, Devonta Parker. um, If I didn't have a tight end already, I would probably – I would probably take or consider, you know, one of the tight ends that are up, which are Evan Ingram and Rob Gronkowski. Um, but uh, I mean, other than that, we're taking we're taking a look at Cam Akers. We got DeAndre Swift. Uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and get after. I'm gonna get after Devontae Parker. I think that um, I like Cortland Sutton this year. Uh, I don't think that the competition really hurts him that much, but Devonta Parker, I think, just has such a great opportunity. Um, him and Preston Williams, you know, Preston Williams may not get back right away. We saw him do really good there. He got Gasicki. Um, I think that he's going to have a good year. Uh, hopefully, Tua can get in there early and start working it out. And do you take geez. a fifth receiver here? Jeez. I mean, the running, the running, backs, the running backs on the board They're are disgusting, so bad. And, I, and I get that. So bad, but I, I, I think. This is going to be one of those things where it's not going to look awesome uh, for a starting lineup, but I've just got to take the value, and I would definitely be packaging something for uh, trade here pretty soon because I I, I think – oh, I don't know. No, I'm going to talk myself. I'm going to leave Cortland Sutton on the board. I'm going to go Cam Akers just for the potential of taking over – the workload of Todd Gurley at some point early on, and we'll see what happens. Following Cam Akers goes Evan Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, Cortland Sutton, Darius Geis, Michael. Oh man, Rojo, Rojo. That was my 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 pick. I well, it was between Michael Gallup and Ronald Jones, and they're both off the board. We all know this happens, so we got to go. We got to look a little bit, a little bit deeper than we might have wanted to. Uh, I see a receiver staring me in the face that I do love. Mm. That's Julian Edelman. Uh, I love the safeness of his, you know, of yeah, he's going to be floor. good. Again. He's going to he's going to have a high floor. He might not be uh, incredible. We'll look at some guys low, low, later on. J.K. Dobbins looks good there. Uh, if I wanted to add another running back, Tevin Coleman doesn't look bad. I don't have. I don't feel good about Carryon Johnson or Sony Michelle. Yeah, I hate slim pickings. You really going, is yeah, going far down. I think I'm gonna have to go with. I think I'm gonna have to go with Edelman. Yeah, I mean you've I, got a balanced draft so far. You know you've got a couple running backs, a couple receivers. Um, you don't have a tight end yet, but you know this these this is the range that we've talked about where you don't want to be right. paying for one of these guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and draft Julian Edelman. I like his floor to go along with the ceiling of Marquise Brown and AJ Brown. Coming back around, I have a feeling. Oh, Tevin Coleman goes right before me. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, Tony Michelle, Carryon Johnson, and Tevin Coleman. I was definitely going to go Tevin Coleman there. So again, and we all know how this goes. We get robbed right before you know we're due to pick. You um, have that happen. <laughs> it, it has. <laughs> so uh, I look at J.K. Dobbins. I like his upside. I you know like I said, I already have Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
Jordan, Jordan Howard's there. He has a safer floor than probably any of the running backs who I have on my team. That's who I'd be going if he, if he fell to me. I'd go Jordan Howard just for the stability. Um, and I think I think I I just feel like you need it a little bit more than I do in your current with the, the way your team's built currently. I don't need the floor as much. I think I can risk uh, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, you could wait on Dobbins in one of the best rushing offenses in the and, league. And honestly, at this time, like this wouldn't be a ter- terrible place to take to take Will Fuller. Will Fuller is. Oh, I mean, he's been he's, a wide receiver yeah. one if he could be on the field. Tyler Boyd, same. If if I needed a, another receiver with a high floor, I, I don't think I do. Right now, I think there's some some later on that'll also have a floor, uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and go with I'm gonna go ahead and go J.K. Dobbins. I like his upside. Tyler Boyd off the board next, followed by Will Fuller, James White, Josh ah, Allen, Jordan no. Howard. Oh, 49ers defense going early. Great picks, Christian Kirk, and then uh, Tyler's on the board now. Slim Pickens at running back, man. This is this is where you run into the risk because there are some great receivers right there in that that little spot that that uh, that rounds three through through six. Yeah, but one some... of one of the good things is, let's see who I got here. This might be a time where I'm going to look at quarterback. I don't love it, but I've got plenty of receivers. Um, man. Yeah, I am definitely going to be looking quarterback here. I'm going to go ahead and grab a guy that I think has a pretty high ceiling. I'd, I'd love to get Tom Brady and buy into that offense, and I do buy in. But I think that the stack with Stafford here with Galladay. But don't you think this is a little early for Stafford? Wouldn't you? Would you rather take a shot on one of these running backs or – so 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 if I take Madison uh, in hope that Dalvin Cook gets hurt or misses time, which I, he doesn't have any leverage. I don't know how he's going to miss time. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, that's a guy that we've we've talked about at length. Well, what do you? I mean, what do you have against? I'm, I I mean, I would make the argument for Matt Breida, but I, but I I would go Madison probably if I were you here. But but this is I mean this is your draft. I just think that Madison. We know what happens if he's a – if he is a – if something happens to Cook, we know that Madison is an RB1. And to me, that that upside is what you need right now because your team is is so heavy on wide receiver. And you look – if you look back at the draft, the guy who took Dalvin Cook, his backup running back is Marlon Mack. He might be in the business of wanting Alexander Madison. Well, and I know we don't, we don't base our, our draft on that, but, again, it's something that – that you could look into right now when you're thinking about Alexander Madison. I, I personally would go Madison here just because I know that the quarterbacks that I'm looking at, if you're looking at Matthew Stafford, well, his ADP is in the 11th round, and yeah. we're in round nine. So, I, I mean, I still think you could get Matthew Stafford later on, but if you really feel like now's the time to take him because you don't like anything else on the board, then, then you do you, boo-boo. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take Hunter Henry. I'm not going to take Philip Lindsay. I would rather have Jordan Howard than Breida, and I don't, I don't think that Breida's going to be anything more than I – mean, he's not going to be any more valuable than Cam Akers to me, uh, in my opinion. Um, I'd rather get a guy who I think is more valuable than Madison in Tony Pollard in a round or two. I could get that same exact thing, okay. but somebody who could contribute on a, on a weekly basis. Um, so I'm not really interested in taking Madison as trade bait or anything like that because he's definitely not a contributor to me right off the bat. Um, I mean, I could take, you know, 
Marvin Jones because he's on the Lions and he's the my handcuff to Galladay. But I mean, just there's there's a bunch of guys here, and that's all they are. It's a bunch of guys. Um, I just I just think here would be a good time to go ahead and maybe think about starting a quarterback run. And I know that it's early for Stafford, but I'd rather have Stafford stacked with Galladay than take the risk on Wentz at this point in his injury history. Brady coming to a new offense. I know that you love him. I think he's going to be fine. I love both I those guys. I just I think, think that Stafford was are... on pace great last year. I think that they added Swift. He's got more weapons. Just I think he's going to be a good good pick this year, a safe pick. And uh, also has a high ceiling, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Stafford here, and I'm gonna just see how it plays out for me. All right. Well, coming around on the turn, Philip Lindsay goes next, followed by Matt Breida, and then Tyler's up again. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and say you're not gonna take another quarterback. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, here is where I am going to be looking at upside. I've got I've got my quarterback figured out. I've pretty much got my lineup set. Um, so here I'm going to be looking at upside, um, not too worried about grabbing a handcuff or anything, but I'm just going to take a stroll down here and I'm probably, oh, that's tough. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Miko Hardman here and, uh, just capitalize on the value. Hope that my other guy can get back to me. And if he doesn't, that's the risk we take. Madison goes afterward, followed by Hunter Henry. Manuel Sanders, Carson Wentz, Wentz, Wentz Darius Brady. Slayton, and then Tom Brady. You did start a little bit of a trend there. I still think I think the guys after you got the better value, but like I said, you do you, boo boo. <laughs> um, here's a spot like when you're in round once you're in round nine, eight, nine, ten. You know, I don't I don't blame Tyler for taking Stafford. You take your guys at this point. At this point, there's only a handful of guys you probably want in these well, later sta- rounds. Stacks can be game changers. So they there can. is more value to Stafford than if I didn't have Galladay, I would have probably went Brady there. Right. So I'm looking at my guy, Hayden Hurst. I, I kinda wanna go ahead and get him up. There's a lot of tight ends you right have around a tight here. End. And there's a lot of tight ends right around here who I like. I could take C D Lamb to stack with Dak Prescott. Now that I, and I, I'm not a big fan of that. I want that to be clear. I, I don't think that's a good pick, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. I could, but I'm, but I'm not going to. I'm probably going to go ahead and take Hayden Hurst. I'm trying to look if there's anything else down here that Tony Pollard looks good. Hey, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and take my guy here. I'm going to go Hayden Hurst, and then on the on the turn. So afterward is going to be Latavius Murray, Daryl Henderson, C.D. Lamb, and Marvin Jones. Ugh. I'm going back to the, you know, I, I should be looking at wide receiver here. I don't have a lot of depth there. Uh, but, again, I don't really like what I see. There are some guys coming around uh, in my last two picks that I really like. I mean, you know, Anthony Miller, he's a guy with upside. And, Judy, you know, one of the best. Rookie. I mean, hey, Keyshawn Vaughn, you're, you're handcuffed here. So <laughs> I didn't even think he was. I don't have level. Rojo. I didn't get him. Oh, he went right yeah, before you. Right, right before him. Dang. I'm going to skip on Keyshawn Vaughn. I am going to take. take another running back with oh. a, a high oh. floor. Cohen. And I'm going to take Tariq Cohen. Uh, I think Tariq Cohen is a, a fantastic back. Keyshawn Vaughn goes after him, followed by Daniel Jones, Tyler Higby, Noah Fant, Sterling Shepard, John Brown, New England Patriots defense, and Tyler is staring Tony Pollard, the top running back on the board, exactly, right in the face. Exactly what – Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, and if you get him, I, don't, I, I, I actually believe that that's who you should take next. I, I would. So Baltimore Ravens yes. defense goes after that, followed by Jerry Judy. This and, is ideal. 
Yeah. This is ideal. For the risks that I've taken earlier, I went Tony Pollard, then we got the Ravens, then Jerry Judy, and right back to me is Zach Moss, who has a very safe floor with the Frank Gore workload in Buffalo, and I'm going to smash the draft button on that. I, I was actually choosing between Zach Moss and Tariq Cohen in my last pick, but this is why, in my opinion, this is exactly why you want to start runs, and me and Tyler have done it at separate times of this draft. I just did it with Hayden Hurst. Because yeah. now that I, I chose Hayden Hurst, oh, we've seen one, two, three. Back to you, you would have nothing. Yeah, we, we've got four tight ends go off the board since I've taken Hayden Hurst. Since Tyler took Matthew Stafford, we've had, I think, five quarterbacks go off the board or four quarterbacks go off the board. And what that does is that pushes some of these guys who we like back to us. I was hoping that maybe it might push Zach Moss back to me, but not when Tyler needs running backs the way that he does. So I'm looking here. I got three picks left. My last pick in the draft is going to be a defense. So my next two picks are going to be some dart throws. There's one running back looking at me that I like a lot. That's uh, Antonio Gibson just because I like Especially his upside. Especially with Hamler just tearing his ACL, so that's even more receiving opportunity for him to get worked in. Uh, Harmon. You mean Harmon. Harmon, yeah, not, not Hamler. Yeah, Harmon. Um, yeah, I think uh, – I think I like Antonio Gibson here. I still need some wide receivers. I've only got three. Uh, I don't like anything staring me in the face right now. I don't mind Jameson Crowder because of his floor. Anthony Miller. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, a guy I'm really, really big on. Um, and then, But I, I think I know my next two picks. It's pretty simple for me. It's, it's two guys who I love. I'm going to go ahead and go with... Uh, Antonio Gibson here. I would in a deeper draft. I would probably, you know, I would hope to get Josh Kelly. I'll probably look to pick up. I would probably look to pick up Josh Kelly. He's somebody who I think also has a really uh, high ceiling. He could be filling in that Melvin Gordon role. I don't think they would have drafted him if they felt that confident in Justin Jackson, who is the next running back on the board after Antonio Gibson. But I think it's pretty simple for me to take Antonio Gibson just because he's such a versatile player with a high upside. And then at wide receiver, I'm going to go down the board a little bit and take my guy, Michael Pittman Jr. That's my guy. And, and I think this late in the draft, you take your guys. Oh, yeah. And Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy with a lot of upside. He he comps to Mike Williams, who did great with Phillip Rivers. The thing is, the Colts do not have anybody – that replicates the way he plays the game. He's a big body, fast speed. Uh, he's a deep ball threat. He catches the ball up in the air. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about what Michael Pittman Jr. could do this year. And I've talked about him quite a bit on this podcast, so there's no reason I'd pass up on him. Yeah. Um, here I'm going to go ahead and – at this point in the draft, I've got – Depth answered. I've got my starting lineup answered. Uh, at this point, you're just taking you know guys that you want to take. And right here, the third suggested player. I mean, I'm passing over Alshon Jeffrey and Kirk Cousins here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Justin Jefferson. Um, he's got a vacated role to fill, and they've said that they're going to use him in the slot. I think that he's got a pretty decent floor for a rookie receiver, and if he doesn't pan out, then... So what? Yep. After that, Alshon Jeffrey, then Dallas Goddard, and Tyler's back on the board again. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna take a peek at the defenses here. Um, you know, just just for the sake of taking a defense, I'll go ahead and snag one um, to round out this draft. Even though I'm not, I'm not against just passing on defense and addressing that as you get closer. But I'll go ahead and take the Rams. I mean, they put a lot of capital into their defense. You know. 
hopefully they'll have a bounce back here this year. And Rashad Penny, Drew Locke, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Duke Johnson, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Jasicki. And then I'm on the board, and I'm going to go ahead and take my defense. Uh, the Chiefs defense mm, plays Jacksonville. They play Jacksonville and, and the Raiders in the first two weeks. So that, to me, looks looks really, really good. Just want to check real quick. Do not want anything to do with – to me, I'm, I'm streaming defenses. I didn't get oh, one yeah. of the top three, so I'm going to stream defense. So I'm looking at who has the best week one, week two matchups. You could argue the Seahawks with the Bengals in week one. Um, but I, I think the only other defense I'd look at besides the Chiefs uh, and their oh, – I didn't realize the Chargers were already gone. I would have I would look at the Chargers in, in week one. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go – Last year, wasn't it? I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Chiefs. Um, they they came on down the stretch. You know they were they were they were a porous defense um, for the first part of the year, but they they did show up for the second part of the year, and uh, they did just resign their guy Chris Jones today. They've got a great offense, which is uh, also a good defense forces other teams to take opportunities, take chances, and uh, you know could be a turnover friendly season. But if you're streaming. Yeah, it's worth a dark All right, well, let's take a look at our teams real quickly. Uh, we're going to start with you, Tyler. Uh, why don't you walk us through a little bit about your squad here? All right, so I've got uh, Matt Stafford as my quarterback. I've got Zeke and Cam Akers as my two running backs. So a little weak at running back, but I've got Galladay, Robinson, and Robert Woods as three receivers in my starting lineup, Woods being my flex, which, in my opinion, all have wide receiver one upside. Um Got Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's going to be a top three tight end. You know, I mean, you can shuffle him, uh, Kittle, and Andrews around however you want. And then, I mean, honestly, I mean, Devontae Parker, <laughs> I mean, he finished as a wide receiver one last year. Miko um, Hardman is a guy that a lot of people want to take a step forward this year. Uh, you know, maybe surpass Sammy Watkins in targets, things of that nature. Tony Pollard is a guy that the Cowboys want to get involved whether Zeke is hurt or off the field or not. So I think that – but there's a lot of mouths to feed in, in Dallas. I mean, I'm not counting on that, but he is just a high upside um, prospect to have. Zach Moss, we talked about the floor um, of the Frank Gore role. He's going to get the um, goal line work. I mean, he's going to have a pretty good baseline of carries. And then Justin Jefferson with Stephon Diggs vacating uh, the targets that he did there in Minnesota. He's got a pretty valuable role to play there for him. So really I find myself taking – uh, quite a few guys that have opportunities in front of them that have yet to be seized. Yeah, I, I don't. I like your squad. I, I, spe- I mean, it's hard not to love your wide receiver core. Uh, on my end, quarterback is Dak Prescott. I, again, I don't normally take quarterbacks that early, but late in the fifth round, early sixth round, I didn't really like what I saw on the board. You got to be flexible with your plan. You right. can always want to not draft quarterback early, but if I'm not going to force it on the board is not good, then you take what what's the best. And, and to me, Dak was the best pick. There's a the guy who could easily finish. He could finish QB one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll definitely finish top six QB. And, and getting him there to me was was very valuable compared to what else was on the board. My running backs are Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Edwards-Hilaire is in the the flex position. And then my wide receivers are A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown are my starting wide receivers. Julian Edelman is on the bench there. The the ceiling for A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown is incredibly high. Julian Edelman provides me with a little bit of floor. And then Michael Pittman Jr. is the, the other receiver I have on my bench. He's a... 
very low floor, very high ceiling. I mean, he is the definition of a dart throw, but a very, very capable dart throw. I don't think he's there could be there's much riskier players that I could have taken there. I think Michael Pittman Jr. will have a huge role with the Colts and his touchdown potential because of his size and the role that he'll play with Phillip Rivers will say a lot. My tight end's Hayden Hurst. I've talked often that I think Hayden Hurst is going to finish as a top six tight end. Love that. Arguably point. the number one tight end. Matt Ryan, top five quarterback this year. And so Hayden Hurst to me is I, I don't think I could have I pretty much taken Hayden Hurst in every draft possible. Late ninth round is better than I'm getting him in a lot yeah, of drafts. I know. So I'm yeah. I'm completely okay with that. And then on the bench, rounding out my bench is three running backs. J.K. Dobbins, Tariq Cohen, Antonio Gibson. Dobbins and Gibson provide you with that incredible ceiling. Tariq Cohen has the floor that I would like with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in my lineup. So it makes me feel a little safer if I needed to bench Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, knowing that I'm going to get Tariq Cohen, who's going to get 10 to 12 touches, probably between six and eight, even 10 receptions a game. A floor of probably six receptions a game. And then uh, we've seen a ceiling. He's been an RB1. He was an RB1 two years ago. The only difference between last year and two years ago when he was an RB1 was his playmaking ability, and a lot of that can be chalked up to Mitchell Trubisky and some, and just not putting him in great positions. So overall, uh, I think we agree that I won that uh, mock draft. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I do like your team. Um, I think it's clear that your running backs trump mine, my receivers trump yours. Uh, you got the better quarterback. I got the better tight end. I think it's pretty pretty even split in terms of uh, you know. Yeah. We 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 roll with the punches there, and uh, and that's that's something we want you to see is that this this isn't how we plan our drafts. I don't plan on taking a quarterback in the fifth round. I don't plan on going three running backs in a row. But whenever the way whenever the draft falls you the way that it does, you play the hand you're dealt, and I think that we both showed that there. You know, Tyler doesn't plan on taking. Four straight, five straight wide yeah, receivers. I, mean, I, like, I, would, I would rather not have Cam Akers if, as my RB two, but I would rather have uh, Robert Woods and Devontae Parker than have you know Philip Lindsay. And what you do RB2 is you just something. think about like, <laughs> like, okay, if I got Cam Akers in, and that's my second running back, well then I got to look later on in the draft and I got to fill that in with players who yeah. I think. And, and you that, did that with honestly, Tony. Zach Moss might start over right. Cam, Cam Akers for a lot of the year for me. Right. Well, so before we close out here, guys, just want to thank you for joining us. We're going to put up uh, some pictures of our teams. You guys can look and see. Let us know what you guys think of our mock draft. Uh, next week we'll be back on Tuesday. Tyler and I are going to talk a little bit about some guys who who got who've been overlooked, I think, and aren't getting as much press as we think they should, and, and just going to cover those guys. We're going to talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about David and Joku. Uh, just have a scenario for you. We're going to talk about next week. So yeah. tune in uh, and hear what that's all about. And uh, Tyler, any any last words on your birthday? Any wise, any wisdom on your birthday? No, man. Uh, just uh, happy birthday to me, and good luck to us at uh, indoor here in a few minutes. Yeah, we got an indoor game, so hopefully neither one of us get hurt. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Happy birthday, Tyler. Go enjoy your National Mac and Cheese Day, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week.